Coming up after me every weekday morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Vice great. It's Brian Kilmeade, of course. You know him, Fox and Friends, every morning on Fox News. His own show, Saturday Nights, which I love being a guest on, One Nation, also on Fox News. And again, just to reiterate, does a great job after me every morning, 10 a.m., Brian Kilmeade. Brian, good Wednesday hump day morning. How are you, pal? Good. I get up every day saying, uh, and this is what I say to myself, sometimes you look close, you can see my lips move. Don't drop the ball. Sid gave me a huge audience. Yeah. Do not drop the ball. And, that, and that's my goal every single day. And you don't, unlike Ernest Biner, which is a great reference, Bernie Kosar, Cleveland Browns against John Elway and the Denver Broncos as we get ready for Super Bowl 57. You don't fumble the football inside the one. So thank you for that. Are you and a I, Browns fan? Because that, I am what, not. What a callback that was. You know what? I, I went to University of Miami, uh, one of the four schools I went to, but I started in Miami, and to this day... 30-plus years later, I'm still very good friends with Bernie Kosar, and he should have gone to a couple of Super Bowls, and every year something bad happened. Marty Schottenheimer, Ernest Biner, and he was a great quarterback, not good, great. In fact, when I got to the campus in Miami, Sports Illustrated's cover, which was where they were selling it in the bookstore when I got to the school, had a number 20 Bernie Kosar, University of Miami, and a Dolphin rookie quarterback named Dan Marino. So the quarterback play was pretty good in Miami back in 1984, 1985. But on a serious note, Brian, you talk can about I, not dropping. Can I keep you there for one second? Sure. Can I keep you there for one why did Bernie? Why did Bernie Kosar get let go from the Browns, number one? And number two, do you remember that Belichick walked in and took on that situation and said, Vinny Testaverde is my quarterback? Yes, I do. I don't know why Bernie left, but uh, Belichick actually won 10 games. That year in Cleveland with oh, Vinny yeah. as the quarterback. People forget that. And by the way, who was Bernie Kosar's backup quarterback at Miami? Vinny Testaverde. When I got to the school, yeah. the four quarterbacks on the roster for Howard Schnellenberger were Jim Kelly, Bernie Kosar, Vinny Testaverde, and Mark Richt, who went out to coach at Georgia and Miami. So it was quite so a I'm time. I'm going to impress you even more. Are you yeah. ready for this? Yes. I saw Vinny Testaverde, Suwanica, play against Massapequa when the Rutgers John DeLucy was probably the, he was the Massapequa quarterback, probably a better prospect. And, and to, when Vinny Testaverde, when I first started here, I was doing sports and we had a three hour sports show. And one of my first guests was Testaverde. And I went back to the, to Massapequa High School. I go, guys, can I have your coach's film? And there's no, it was with a projector, like car, you know, the old film. And they found it and with no, with no audio on it. We see Vinny Testaverde probably was 6'5 and about 180 pounds, 190 pounds. I mean, literally had no muscle on him. (laughs) And to watch him to throw. And I don't know what you're going to do with this information, but I just wanted to continue to go deep into this brown swamp. And I'm sorry that if we led people down. No, no, people people in this area love Vinny. The pride of Elmont, Long Island, Vinny Testaverde, great guy. And had a trouble there for a while. He kept thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers defenders were on his team. But other than that, he was a great, and of course had a great year for the Jets, took them to the AFC Championship game, a loss to Denver. But, um, you know, you talk about not fumbling the football, and my stock rose even more the last couple of days. I've had a couple of good weeks here, Brian. The George Santos interview that went viral. My Eric Adams interview went viral. And, of course, when Chris Cuomo threatened to punch me in the face via text a couple of days ago with uh, your, your colleague Janice Dean loves that story. Uh, that has uh, gone viral as well. So three stories in the last three weeks that have gone viral with me here at WABC. How about that? 
It's huge. Now, number one, where is this at? And, I mean, does Chris Cuomo realize how stupid he sounds? <laughs> how, how, I mean, how ridiculous? What is he, 11? He does. You know, what is he? He's going to meet you by the lockers after school? <laughs> I mean, what, what is wrong with him? I think I think if he didn't figure it out himself, somebody told him because the texts were hot and heavy, Brian, for three days. And all of a sudden, last Thursday, they just completely stopped. I did hear a rumor. He sent one private text to Bo Deedle. Outside of that, he has not texted me for days, which means either he came to his senses or his brother Andrew told him to shut up or News Nation told him to shut up because for three days, he was out of his mind. He was crazy. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And since then, there's been a Cindy Adams column in the New York Post. I've done TV interviews and I still heard nothing from Chris Cuomo. Nothing. He'd be smart to lay out. I mean, this guy, how, how much it's sticking up for his brother? Where has it gotten him? Number one, you're, you're just one of many people who are epically disappointed by his leadership in New York. That to help destroy his ego destroyed our lives for two years. His inability to get along with the mayor actually made things uh, remarkably worse. And then he blew himself up by his own personal behavior. And Chris Cuomo is mad at Sid Rosenberg. Is he insane? <laughs> he is insane. So, hey, talking about insanity. We got to get to Biden and the migrants. He's here yesterday. Never really brings it up. It was embarrassing. But I'm going to tell you, Brian Kilmeade, the story that has me most upset today. And that is, you go to the New York Post, you turn to page six. Woke 101 is now SUNY must pass class. Uh. And it goes on to talk about how at our SUNY schools, our beloved SUNY schools, they are now mandated to teach diversity, equity, inclusion and social justice. Just yesterday, I had Carol Markowitz on, Brian, the great New York Post columnist. She's in Florida now. She left New York. She got so sick of New York. And we talked about education and CRT and stuff like this and how it's destroying our youth. This SUNY story, Brian, is a horrible story. And do you remember uh, how many people, I don't know if you know this, but I have a couple of people that I know quite well, one's a close family member that left New York rather than get this shot, left the SUNY system one year from graduating, left Maritime, because they, 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 no one's going to force me to get a shot. I guarantee you, families are looking at this equity exam to graduate, and they're either deciding not to go to a SUNY school, or just saying, I'm not going to get this. If I need to take this test to find out how privileged I am as a working class white person, and how much guilt I should feel about things that happened in 1619, I will not do it. And I'm telling you right now, this is, this is, this is so all 64 SUNY schools. Every student there has got to ask themselves, is my degree worth it? And maybe you should write on there, would not, I, four-year degree, my, three, my 3.75 CUME stands. I fulfilled all my requirements, no diploma, no equity tax. Because these people are absolutely insane. No other way to put it. Well said, Brian Kilmeade. That is a, a terrible story. They are insane. They're ruining our kids' education. There's no reason for it. Now, let's get to the migrant story with the president. He was here yesterday to announce that Hudson Rails deal. But you would think while he was here that he would attach himself to the biggest story in this city. My friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, every day dealing with this. The Watson Hotel, the Brooklyn Terminal has nowhere to put these people now. Eric Adams is not innocent in this either. He's my friend, and I defend him. I want him to do well, but I admit he's not innocent either. But but 
It wasn't his idea. This goes back to Biden, the White House, their administration. He's here yesterday. Doesn't even bring it up, Brian Kilmeade. How could he do that? It, it's a, I mean, why are you in these positions? This is an opportunity to make a difference. Are you here to be famous? Are you here to go to parties? Are you here to go clubbing? Or are you here to make a difference? And you have the president there, I'm president, I gotta go over to the Brooklyn Terminal, we got a little bit of an issue, you gotta see these protests happen to the Washington Hotel. I literally don't have one room left. If you do not get on top of this, this city financially will implode. And by the way, Mr. President, when I came up with the $2 billion price, uh, you never even answered me. The city has been forced to cut 5% from every single division, including police officers who are 3,000 officers down roughly from where we should be and now i got to cut the budget even further this is a catastrophe Forty-three thousand people here who don't belong who are giving ferry passes mta passes uh flat screens three meals a day transportation uh bus passes i can't do this anymore no sign of slowing up but instead hey we're gonna love that tunnel when we begin (laughs) in june buying some bricks and of course it could have been started a year ago but we're just announcing now that we're going to have a tunnel rehab so to me uh, it's everything that's wrong with politics and put it this way eric adams has done a good job tape going down to the border loved it he saw the bad stuff not the stuff that was procured for him and he knows the reality Man, what a missed opportunity. And in the back of your mind, got to say, Sid, if he does have presidential ambitions and if Biden continues to uh, implode like he is with this FBI investigation, these classified documents situation, this guy would, it's not out of the question that he puts himself on the national stage. That was an opportunity to be a leader. I agree with you. And he's got to come out and publicly slaughter Joe Biden. I know he won't do it. He referred to himself for many, many months as the Biden of Brooklyn. For some reason, even though he actually agrees more with Republicans and Democrats, he's very loyal to the Democrat Party. Uh, But if he would ever come out and just slaughter Biden, forget about the national government, forget about the federal government, name Joe Biden by name. If my friend Mayor Eric Adams would do that, I believe it would go a long way. I know they've got committees on the Hill today talking about this this big crisis. One guy that uh, I guess uh, will not be on a committee anytime soon, George Santos. This is quite a local story. I'm not sure, Brian, if Kevin McCarthy told him to bow out or if he did it himself. It comes out like he did it himself. I'm not sure what the truth is, but it's a good move for George Santos not to serve on any committees, at least at this time. Well, yeah, it was a meeting and he basically said, George, I'm not kicking you out, uh, but I'm doing an investigation and one thing they found is his latest Treasury uh, executive just quit uh, because, you know, everything's you could not. This guy's the laughing stock of the country, which means that's roughly my area. I don't he doesn't represent roughly my area in Nassau, Queens. So this guy lied his way. John Lovitz is mocking him, playing him <laughs> on late night shows. He literally was on the Tonight Show going viral because he was mocking George Santos. So I don't know how much longer he keeps that job. My thought was, um, I pulled to Sid Rosenberg asking Lee Zeldin, why don't you run for that spot? So, and he says, no, nah, I don't think so. But no. he didn't totally shut the door on it. Yeah. But Republicans are concerned if they put that, if they have to go fill that seat, they're going to lose. Yeah. Because yeah. George Santos has poisoned the well. Yeah. 
I don't think Lee takes that. I mean, every job that becomes available, Santos, Gillenbrand, uh, Lee was on my show two days ago because he shared a birthday on Monday with Andrew Giuliani, who happens to be here today, too. And I asked him about Gillenbrand's position. So he doesn't seem to be jumping into any of these. I'm not sure exactly what he's waiting for. Maybe a presidential run in four years. I don't know. But uh, I don't expect Lee Zeldin to hop on any of these other jobs anytime soon. Uh, finally, Ron DeSantis comes out and says what I've been saying for a long time. Hey, Trump. It's very nice that you put me on the map. It's very nice that you were the reason why I won the gubernatorial initially in the state of Florida. But if you checked the last election, I won in a big way. In other words, Donald Trump cannot expect that Ryan DeSantis will be loyal to him the rest of his life. When I say loyal, I mean not run for anything. He'll be loyal, but not for run for anything because what happened four years ago. I mean, he sounds ridiculous, Donald Trump. I was happy Ron DeSantis fired back yesterday. You? Yeah, and the way he did was interesting. I get up every day, and I'm, I know people are going to be attacking me, but just look what I did. And he didn't go at Trump and say, but I, I you know, the word was at January 6th, after January 6th, Trump, uh, DeSantis said to his people, how could Trump even think about running again? I mean, basically, you got to be kidding after what happened on January 6th. And the fact is, the way he acted after, after he lost the election. Now, what has come to light later about all the social media companies combining with mainstream media to make sure that his message didn't get out. This is the story. It was never the Electoral College. And yeah, there were a few drop boxes, had some suspicious activities, but not enough in enough states to swing an election. And the way Trump acted made him vulnerable. And that's what DeSantis has said. And that's why he's staffing up. And I love the way he handled it. I think Nikki Haley's way of doing it is Trump's policies were great. I think it's time for a new generation. Tim Scott says the politicians were great. I think I could be more effective bringing people across the aisle. DeSantis is going to say, I got the policies. Now I got the track record and I can attract Democrats. I've already proven it. And I've gotten, you know, I got the battering ram mentality. Don't tell me I'm not tough enough. And I got international experience because he was on foreign relations when he was in the House. So these guys got some strong credentials. And keep, keep your eye, Sid, on Governor Sununu. Because he is extremely popular. He's got the old school attraction with his dad in the bushes. He's got the new school attraction, walks around in jeans, big into free, zero tax in his state, former business guy, ran a couple of ski resorts in his own private business. You know, um, so he is going to be formidable. He's got great instincts and he's extremely comfortable with the issues. So this is going to be exciting. And, and on February 15th, Nikki Haley becomes. President Trump's first opponent, word is DeSantis is thinking spring or somewhere early summer. He's in. There were 10 Democrats in at this point in 2020. 10 Democrats. All we have now is Donald Trump. We don't even have a re-election. We don't even have Joe Biden. Interesting. You're right. Sununu, of course, out of the great state of New Hampshire, where Donald Trump just spoke on Saturday night, opening up his 2024 campaign. As always, Brian Kilmeade, not good, but great. We'll be watching you on Fox News, listening, of course, as we do every morning after me at 10 o'clock. I love when you come on this show. I really do. So thank you for doing it on a weekly basis. Keep up the good work. Score a touchdown, buddy. I love you. All right. And that, back at you, Sid. And by the way, could I see some video of you training just in case Cuomo or Wolf Blitzer or anybody else call you out 
Let them know what they're going to have. They let them think twice. Can we see you on a speed bag, a heavy bag, jumping one rope sure. once? You'll get all you of it. You won't see any of this. No, you will see all of it. You're going to be in my corner like Burt Young and Rocky, brother. <laughs> right. But you. But I'm never going to say you can't win, Rocky. That's right. I'm going to. I'm going to say knock him into the tomorrow. There you That'll go. Be my line. Yeah, just like uh, Burgess Meredith did. That's right, Mickey. Hey, Brian, keep up the great work. You're tremendous. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. Stay within yourself. Okay. <laughs> Brian Kilmeade, of course, following me every weekday here at 10 o'clock on WABC. Fox and Friends on Fox News and One Nation Saturday nights on Fox News. More of me, Sid Rosenberg, on this Wednesday morning with Peter King. And Miss Indonesia, live in studio, still to come. Talk Radio 77, WABC.